Hello and welcome back to the For Foot's Sake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow, and on this pod we talk Foot Birthday Team 1, the release of the second batch of Icon Swaps, and discuss the topic, are big creators scared to speak out about EA? Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Right, and let's get into the podcast then. Today we've got three returning guests. Our first returning guest is Shortstack. Shortstack, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Bristow. Second returning guest is Slater AC. Slater, welcome back to the podcast. Always a pleasure to be here. And the last returning guest is that boy, Anto. Anto, welcome back to the podcast. Appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. So today we're going to speak about the release of Foot Birthday Team 1. I know Foot Birthday was a very anticipated promo. I think we've been waiting for this for probably two to three weeks now. And I'm very glad it's back. I know a lot of other guys think this is one of their favorite promos too. Although first looking at the team, comparing it to last year, is almost very underwhelming. But I think we have spoken about this before in the podcast too is that it's very hard to compare promos this year to last year too. I think EA have worked really hard to focus on kind of slowing down the power curve. And you can see that from this team, which again, it is disappointing, but I think with the state of the game, these players are a little bit better than other ones. And I think the whole boost of skill moves on weak foot does add that little bit of kind of a little bit of spice to it. Slater, I want to start with you first. What's been your initial opinion on team one of Foot Birthday? Um, I think it's pretty good. If I'm being candid, I, I actually really like the players a lot. I th- I actually had someone in my stream drop like a footbin link to their team or, or a web app link to their team. And they had like seven foot birthdays in their team. And I didn't realize how many players actually linked together. Perisic to Vidal. I like didn't realize that that was like a strong link. Podolsky and Ozil strong link. The way that he had a Naki and Hermoso and Mendy in a left side. And I was like, it's actually, when you look at it, you can create like an entire team out of these cards and a lot of them are really seem very fun. And I think the most important thing is they're all pretty reasonably priced, which when you look through the market, you can you can get a lot of these cards for much cheaper than I would anticipate. So are, are some of the cards the best players in the game? No, but are they fun and maybe like actually usable for the common players in this game? Yeah, I think that makes it a pretty good team, to be honest. Yeah, I think definitely the, the price on these are very, I think if you look, I think Simon and Huang He Chan are very, very, I think they're like around 50K right now. And, like I said, they're maybe not the best players in the game, but I think for the most part, I think obviously Sane and Lucas Moura are the only guys that are like around 1 million right now on both consoles. It's very affordable players. And like I said, they're maybe not the best ones, but at least everyone has the ability to use them. And I think they have kind of dabbled in these SPCs, which I think have been pretty well priced. We'll get through them a bit more in a later date or later, later on the podcast. But short stack, I want to go to you for a second here. What have you made of the promo so far? Yeah, so I, I, I totally agree with Slater. I, I think they're very cheap and they're very good and they allow a lot of creativity in squads. The one thing I do think is like, I would argue that people would change their teams for these players. If you have like a 550K Ronaldo and you've used them for a month or so and, and maybe you've wanted to use Ronaldo forever, so you're going to keep them. But I would argue that people would sell Ronaldo and buy a Naki Williams. Because that Anaki Williams obviously is a fan favorite from like earlier in the in the year and stuff like that, uh, but he's also just way cheaper. And then maybe you could go and get that Hermoso as well with the extra 200k. Um, so I, I think it's a good promo. the The only SPC I don't like is Vidal, but that's just for personal reasons. Um, and yeah, it's it's good for me. And finally, Anto, what have you made of the promo so far? Yeah, I mean, same thing these guys have been saying. I I love Foot Birthday so far. I think every single card that they've released is usable, which is a first. Um, You know, going to 
past promos, there's always like those three cards on the bottom of the promo that no one ever touches. Usually you just immediately sell it for cheap as possible. But I think this is the first time in a long time where you go down to the lowest rated cards in the promo and you're still going to come up against them in game. Like Huang Yi Chan, Simon, I've seen these cards already plenty of times. And um, I just like the idea of having a full promo of cards that are all usable. And I think that's great. And I mean, looking at the promo right now, even Sambia, 86 rated. I think that's a fantastic card. And um, it's just really good. I've enjoyed for birthday so far. I'm excited to see what happens in team two. Have you used any of these players yet, Anto, or not? Yeah. So in, currently in my team right now, I have uh, Vidal. I did the SBC. Um, I did Ozil as well. Uh, Anaki Williams. Uh, all really good cards. And I'm planning on getting Perisic soon. Um, that's the what I have. And so far, every single card I've used is amazing. So yeah, props to EA. And Slay, I'm going to go to you next year. So have you used any of these cards yet or do you plan to try and get any of these guys into your team soon or not? Um, I mean, as you know, I run a first RTG, so I'm really limited in terms of what I can use. But I have used Simon um, as a super sub. I Wangy Chan too, actually, I forgot. Both I've used as super subs. And I will, yeah, like Anto said, it was actually a really great point, which I didn't think about is so many of these promos, there's like these guys that you pack and you're like devastated to pack. And arguably I've used both these cards and they're two of my best super subs that I have. And they're the worst cards in the team. So it's actually a phenomenal point. So yeah, I've, I've been able to use them and like, they're not going to break the game, but they're usable and they're, they're fun to use, which is great. Yeah. I think I'll, I've also used Simon as well this weekend. And I thought Simon would be a lot better than what he was, but I think the price in the market kind of shows why is that level. But also, like I said, all these cards from top to bottom are usable. They might not be the very best cards, but at least like I said, if you pack them, you can still use them. If you, if you do get them on trade when a player pick as such, you can still use them. I know a lot of guys also said that Huang He Chan is a very, very good card. I know obviously a lot of guys did his one to watch early on. And I don't really think he's ever going to get an upgrade with that one there. But at least with the foot birthday now, it becomes a more usable card. And I know people always say, oh, EA always get the same players, promo card, etc., etc." But I think they've kind of done well with this promo. And again, I know people are unhappy that there isn't a Ronaldo, a Messi, a, a Neymar, whatever. But I think they've given players that maybe aren't, the, the most popular in the world. They're giving them promo cards. And yes, people will complain no matter what, but I kind of like the route they're going down. Obviously, we've got to see what Team do coming out this Friday too. So we never know what's going to happen there. Hopefully, some bigger players are in it. But I think with the SPCs, they're kind of leaving the such a bigger players for these certain SPCs. Short stack, down to you, last. Have you used any of these cards or do you plan to get any of them in your team? The only one I've used is Simon. And that's because he's, I bought him the second he came out for 100K. I know he's 50K now. I didn't even care because he was a club legend for me last year. I had to get him in the team. The second I saw him in people's predictions, he was going in. Um, so he's 50K now. I've lost coins, whatever. Uh, and then I actually think, I'm thinking about getting that left back from, uh, was it Wolfsburg? Yeah, the Silver Star and putting him in the team for the weekend. Um, I think it could just be very fun to have a different card there. And uh, he links in very well, so that's nice. Yeah, I think the, the Silver Stars as well, the Silver Sands does, and a great addition. I know a lot of guys have liked Silver Stars this year. I think definitely EA need to work more on that too. And obviously go in, we'll go into Icon Swaps later on the podcast as well. But obviously the fact that Silver, silver players this year are very kind of needed for a lot of things will come in handy as well. Also, we're going to go over the additional content too. EA have been releasing daily SPCs that lead up to an objective to get a mega pack. I know they released a second batch today. I've really liked these. I think definitely with, they've been very easy to complete, very cheap. I think most of these have been able to do with bronze players. I think one required like a one silver player. 
but also the fact that we're getting essentially a free mega pack we also got the the free pack the first day i think ea finally getting to that point now where they're realizing that people maybe are angry at the game and we don't like the game as as much as previous years but the fact they're giving us free stuff now makes people kind of for five minutes be like oh i like ea now they won't they'll be unhappy when they open the pack and they get disappointed but it's it's a nice way to go now and i think for birthday is always one of those things that we get to and we, we want these free things slater i want to go over to you next what have you made of the additional stuff apart from the team with foot birthday i think it's the best promo they've done all year and i don't even know if it's close i mean i know foot birthday is about giving back and like some people get like a little bit upset in terms of like maybe things should be priced or they should give more free stuff but i think at the end of the day we got a free pack for usage at the start which was awesome um, you're right. You think about the fact that if EA dropped a daily SPC that was a mega pack untradeable, it would probably be an 80 overall team with like 90 cam or something like that, where right now you're getting four two rare gold player packs and a mega pack for the price of what is like what 20 bronze players in a couple silvers, which is great in terms of what we've had previously. And then they're doing a daily SBC, throwing it back to previous players, which I think is just like a super fun. Everything about the promo it's engaging. It's it's unique. It's got content that you don't need to mo have the most stack club in the world to craft and you can pack players. So I think it's been by far and away the most successful promo because it seems like they actually are trying to create fun things that keep you engaged. And they're also releasing additional daily SBCs on top of the group challenge SBCs. So it's more content than we're used to. That's for sure. I think definitely it's been worth the wait, but also I think yeah. people will complain also is that why have we waited so long to get this? And then when we go from sure. next promo, we're going to be kind of left with nothing there, which is, it's annoying. But again, I think they've worked well. And I think people rarely give EA props and maybe kind of a positive feedback. And it's, it's one of them that also the community love to complain. Yeah. They very rarely will say, oh, fair play EA. Like the Vidal SPC as well. I know a lot of guys said, oh, he's overpriced, he's overpriced. But looking at that card, that card's a monster card. Compare it to a bullet. Yeah, I mean he's an end, like uh, not an end game, but probably like as close to an end game type of midfield that we might have right now. That's available for and for 500k. When you think about your craft, you could craft like a 1.8 million Mbappe like as a left wing. You know, like that's a card that people talk about as being like an end game player. I think Vidal lasts as long as that card does, and that guy's a third of the price. I mean, the only thing that's about him that's tough is that he's Chilean in the Serie A. Um, which shows the value of icons in this game. But I think, yeah, you got to give EA props. This is like one of the most anticipated promos of the year. And they didn't drop the ball, which is a positive. Also, like I said, I think as well with Perisic too, obviously it's a link to Perisic in the same promo as well, which, which is even better. Short set, what have you made of the additional content such as the SBCs they've released recently? Yeah, so like the objective for the 50K, fantastic. You know, uh, the free packs for engagement is always welcome in my book. Uh, I wish they did it more. They used to do it a lot more, I feel like, and now they don't. Uh, as far as player picks, I won't go into those. Uh, and then everything else is, is is just fantastic. I do like the the SBCs they come out with, and I actually plan on putting some of the SBCs in my team later on that, that have been uh, speculated and stuff. But uh, I'm happy with the promo. Foot Birthday is probably my third favorite promo of the year behind Team of the Year and Team of the Season. I know other people might put, like, Future Stars above it. Or now, maybe even what if? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I like it a lot. Also, quick shout here to King Lampard. Also, the leak plays we have for the next few days. Obviously, depends when you listen to the podcast as well. 
on well, tomorrow and Wednesday is meant to be Marco Royce. Thursday, we have Jovino. Friday will be Dimitri Payet. FIFA 17, one is going to be Renato Sanchez. And the FIFA 18 will be Eric Bayer. Short so which one of those are you planning on trying to get into your team? Yeah, so if Dimitri Payet is five-star, five-star, I think I'm going to put him in for Neymar because he'll get on, on Tim Kim. And then if Renato Sanchez does come out, he'll go in for Future Stars Kamavinga. Sounds good. And Anto, you, I know you've also done the Meza Ozil SPC. How have you found him and what have you made of the additional SPCs they've released alongside for birthday? So, um, yeah, I think Ozil so far, I've used him a couple games. I think he's amazing. Five-star weak foot German. He's got all the traits that I look for in a card. Um, also, the value on all these SBCs coming out is fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people are complaining about Vidal being a little overpriced, but you got to think about it at the same time. They're giving us player picks. So um, if you spam these player picks, there's a good opportunity to get decent fodder out of them. So I think what EA is doing so far is really good. And then, I mean, obviously we have the leaks that are coming out of future uh, SBCs, and I'm really excited to see Royce. Um, I use Sané right now. He could be an upgrade over Ozil, or I could put him in. I also have Bollock, so... I'm always down to try out new German players. Uh, works really well for my team. And I'm pretty sure they're all going to be decently priced. So um, I think that's the biggest takeaway is that the pricing and uh, the value on all these SBCs coming out has been fantastic. Yeah, I think I know also going to the one release today on Tuesday, Mangala Slater. I know you went over him earlier on Twitter. What did you, what did you make of the Mangala one today, Slater? Yeah, it was, I got like, uh, I was like fighting in my comments about how much I was pro Mangala. I think he looks wonderful i think he's absolutely sublime and i saw that like and i actually watched nep's video and he thought he was overpriced too um i think like if you compare him to like veron and runs 45k i don't think it makes him overpricing it just shows you how like incredibly like good of a bargain veron is when you like look at mangala he's six foot two he's i don't know if work rates matter but he's medium high work rates he's five star weak foot which i think is incredibly valuable he's got great passing he's got good pace splits you put a shadow on him he looks absolutely pacey and the biggest difference is that because we were comparing to boatang he's got like 12 more agility and like 10 more balance something like staggeringly different in terms of his agility and balance which to me i think if you're using a big body player someone that is at like has those those stats is way more valuable because the biggest problem with Boateng I know I know um Anto uses him in my opinion was that he was just slow he's got incredible tackling he's a huge body but he wasn't fast enough or didn't feel as fast as I thought he would I think that card will and if the links that he has makes him as valuable as anything else so yeah I love that Mangala card I think he's actually pretty accurately priced and I don't look at it like Sorry for ranting. I don't look at it like he's 230K. I'm like, everybody and their mom is ripping player picks. You probably have a lot of this fodder already in your club. You're not actively going out and buying 230,000 coins worth of fodder. So yeah, I think he's a really good card. It's interesting too, also going back to the, the statement is that, oh, just going it around instead. You look at cards like Neymar, Mbappe, Ronaldo. When you're on the market right now, I know I picked up a Ronaldo on the market on PS on PlayStation this past weekend for about 560k if you look at the price of like a sane if you if you ask someone who's better sane or cr7 you're probably gonna say cr7 or neymar as well and these guys are half the price i think Neymar's probably a third of the price now the fact is that these special cards are always worth more and people when they want to compare them don't think about that as well you look at the likes of freeze max man and freeze dembele those cards aren't better than a gold neymar but they're triple the price and it's the fact that they're a special card. I think if you look at these cards, especially the likes of a Vidal and kind of a, I don't know about Podolski and Ozil, but obviously you've got Mangal with great links there as well. I think these cards would be a lot more in the market. I think 
EA this year kind of dropped the ball a little bit with the pricing of certain SPCs towards the car on the market. I think a lot of the Icon SPCs haven't been valued well, according to some people. But I think these Footbirthy ones have been pretty well. They're pretty good. And I don't think... I know people go back to the fact that, oh, they're not above the power curve. Mangala is he much better than Lekunde. But they're interesting cards. They're new. Try them out. See what they're like. I don't think any promo card is going to be kind of worthwhile come tots anyway. And that's the issue with these promos as well is that these promos, the players are worthwhile until the next promo. Each promo is slightly better than the last one. And you don't see many rule breakers cards and teams anymore. I think going back to the freeze promo is probably one of the best promos for cards being in the game for a while after. But it's been very tough with certain promos, I think, to, to make the players worthwhile and to be able to be used later down the line. We are also going to go over to the release of Icon Swaps 2. I know Icon Swaps has been a very... I think this year it's kind of been a lot different to last year as far as good packs for people instead of kind of a, a wide range of players. And I know myself, I was a little bit disappointed that the players they chose in the whole pro, in the whole kind of promotion of Icon Swaps weren't maybe the best that we could go for. And I think they were kind of pushing us towards ripping these random Icon Packs. I want to get your opinion short-stacked on the icon swaps this year yeah so i don't mind it i think the players are really bad but you know whatever I, everybody likes packs everybody loves packs and if the players were better there'd be a little bit more of like a uh i guess a mix-up of teams because some people like probably half the community would go for the players half the community would go for the packs and we'd, we'd see a little bit more of a variety. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I don't necessarily care for the friendlies because I just, whatever. My teams, I, I always rinse my club all the time as uh, enhanced by the fact that I only have a 1,000 coins in my club right now because I opened like a 200K worth of promo packs with coins last night. But that's besides the point. Um, it. Yeah, it's, it's very good. I like the packs that they come out with more than the players. I do know that some people will be going with the players, like uh, a guy that's in a lot of our communities, I'm a footballer, is going with Laurent Blanc just because he has a past and present United team, and he really, really likes building up that team, and this is one chance to get a guaranteed player. I do think there is more value in taking guaranteed players, but you know, for the fun aspect of it, why not go for the packs? Have you liked that they've made most of these available through playing in friendlies instead of division rivals this year? Again, I don't really care for friendlies because my club is always empty, but it's it's not terrible. I do like the fact that the rivals points are lower um, because last year, obviously, they get up to 28,000 for, what was it, rank one? And, and in 19, they did the same thing where it'd get 28,000 average points for, for rank one. Um and then, you know, friendlies is just nice and quick sometimes with the golden gold that I'm sure we'll talk about later. We are, of course, going to speak about golden gold. Slater, I want to bring you in on this one here because I heard you speaking about this earlier. So what's been your take on golden gold? Myself, I was in a predicament. We did put a tweet out earlier today asking people their opinions on kind of the opposition pausing after it's called a goal. Myself, at first last night, I actually was on one side of the argument. A guy scored first. Pause, pause the game straight away. And I was like, hang on, like, do you think I don't know how to pause the game here? So I asked my wife, I said, uh, I was like, Claire, can you bring me a hairband? She's like, why, why do you want a hairband? I was like, don't ask any questions. <laughs> Got the hairband, stuck it on the controller, went and sat down, watched TV. And 
the game was good for the rest of it. But thinking back on it now, I think it's probably better to just quit the game and back up. But Slayer, what's been your take on Golden Goal and the rest of it? I've come full circle like you have. I, I'm definitely a hothead when I play. I think oh, you guys can attest I can lose my temper a little bit. Um, and when this first came out, like people were just like, don't pause for me. And like, I feel like you just like hear it. And then you're like, yeah, you're right. Don't pause for me. And like, I got mad when it happened and I like would stick out a game. And then I was like, why am I playing? I, I don't like playing the game a lot. I really don't play a lot of gameplay. So to me, like, I was like, why am I playing 10 minutes more of my time just to like try and prove some point that none of us will care about in 10 minutes or even remember when I could have in that time quit the game and maybe one additional game, two additional games and been that much further down the road, the objective. And I'm not like gaining anything by like hustling this game out rather than like preserving my fake pride. So I personally do not think it's that toxic for anybody to do it realistically anymore. And I don't think it's worth anyone's time to stay around for a game. Um, it's just why why be angry over this game? It's already too frustrating. Get the swaps tokens and get out. That's my opinion. Exactly. I think Golden Goal has been a good addition as well. I know a lot of guys have. I think I saw a tweet from Haber early saying that Golden Goal kind of ruined icon swaps, and I think the community made something good there with Golden Goal. But also, I think the community went another way too. And I think there is people out there who probably want to play the game. They don't really care for Golden Goal. But I think now is that it's kind of a unwritten rule now. And I think people do get quite angry over it. I think the community is at fault at times for things like this. And again, like I said, I don't think people should care too much about it. If there's a way to do Microsoft quicker, the more the merrier. I think a lot of people don't enjoy playing friendlies in the first place. So we can kind of rush for these and do so. But yeah, it's come to a point as well. I think people care too much about their pride in FIFA. They think, oh, what is this guy's like? Like I said earlier, the guy thinks I don't know how to pause the game. It doesn't matter. If you want to sit there and be angry, do it. But end of the day, like, who is it? Who's on the other side of the screen? Some kid, some little kid there just playing. Like, this guy, what's this guy doing? Like, he also might have just paused it because, like, he was just like, oh, like, there's the goal. And, like, he may not have paused it and been like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, how's that feel? I scored on you. He might have paused it and been like, okay, like, this is like, you know, we're done. And, and, and on the other side, you're like, oh, no, you, you SOV. Why would you pause the game for me? And I just don't know if that's how it always is. I think we we escalate things sometimes, and maybe that's not necessary. Well, that's that's the narrative I, I like to imagine last night, that <laughs> some guy's there pausing the game and going, yeah, go on then, quit. <laughs> and it gets to that point where you think, like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make you happy. And I think like, the real solution here is to uh, let him pause and then unpause and pause it yourself just to teach him a point. <laughs> yeah you could do that there you go that's that would be a point proving move just to show that you can in fact yeah. press the pause button mm -hmm. we're going to move on to also the selection of swaps and i want to move on to you now and what are you going to take in icon swaps so for me personally i already took the 81 uh plus pack i think it was like two swaps or something and then i'm going to be doing the prime slash moments pack so i have to do every single swap so that's what i'm currently working on right now um, I mean, obviously the players, they're not flashy, big cards. I do like the selection. Um, I think Deco is actually a usable card. You don't see it too often, but when you actually take a look and examine it, it's pretty decent. Overmars I used last year and I thought was fantastic. Blanc's a decent card. Butchergueno is good, just not in the stage of the game. And then obviously Baggio, I think is way too many tokens for how good he is. Uh, I mean, if you gave me Baggio for maybe 10, nine tokens, but not for 17. So I think that's why a lot of people are taking packs this year. Um, obviously, yeah, I think if they just lowered the amount of tokens for these cards, it'd be better. 
but um, it's just value wise doesn't make sense. I think that's why uh, a lot of people want to be taking the uh, prime slash moments pack this year. I'm going to agree with you too. I'm going to do do exactly the same thing. Take the uh, I think it's the eight one times twenty five pack for two tokens. Also the the prime moments one. Anto, what have you? What's been your experience of icon swaps playing wise this year as well? Um, I mean, it's okay. I don't mind how they're doing it. For example, they're making us play 15 games of Rivals for the uh, one of the tokens this week. So I understand like they want us to play more. Um, it just gets a little tiring, especially if you're in a high division in Rivals. Uh, just, you know, grinding out 15 of those games against top players, it does get really frustrating at times. Um, I mean, there's a lot of scoreless games that go down. And so, I mean, it's frustrating. I wish like maybe if you were like D3 or higher, they would limit the amount of games you have to play just because they know how hard it is, but it's okay. Uh, friendlies again, I'm a full supporter of golden goal. Uh, me personally, I value my time. So I don't really want to be spending too much time in friendlies. It doesn't offer me anything except for the swap itself. So I'm just there to get my token and get out. So, um, you know, the faster that is the better you, if you want to pause the game for me, I will kindly, if I get scored on just leave, move on to the next game. I don't mind. Um, I mean, obviously it's frustrating, but, uh, I have to like preserve my time and use it the best I can. So I'm okay, you know, but at the end of the day, it's all about not wasting time. That's how I look at it. So I want to get in, get out, get my pack and hopefully get something nice from it. Yeah. I think definitely there also, these swaps do take a while to get through as well. It's the score battles too. I think you can also combine them this time, which is great. I know a lot of guys have been doing either Argentinian UCL and Brazilian silvers or the other way around. I know myself, I messed up a little bit by doing a full Brazil team and not really worrying about the other ones, but I think I'm also going to try and run a silver Argentinian team, try and take two birds out of one stone there. Short second, I want to move on to you next. What are you taking in icon swaps? Yeah, so I already took my 82 and 83. Uh, and then I was undecided up until yesterday whether to take the 81 and just chill for the rest of the time and not really grind. It would, it would be smart to take Deco or uh, or even go for like a base icon pack. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to just grind them all out and get the uh, Prime slash mid pack, um, mainly because I have some content ideas in my head and that's what's driving it. But I, I think it could change the team as well if I get lucky, obviously. That sounds good. I know a lot of people also are going with the, the what they call the, the fodder packs. And I think mm -hmm. if they do release some more icon moments, SPCs, I think that could be a smart way. And it kind of makes sense that if you take the tokens for these, get the fodder packs, and then you can choose what icon you want to do. It's kind of a, a long route of kind of choosing your choosing your icon from icon swaps. But EA been kind of sly about it without kind of being too obvious. And Slayer, what are you taking from icon swaps? Yeah, so I only did the first, I only did two tokens in the first round. So I didn't even do seven additional tokens. I just really don't like playing the game. So I really don't play it that much. I don't know what else to tell anybody. Um, and so uh, I'm going to probably do one more of the fodder packs, if not two. So I only did the 81 times 25 um, because fodder to me is worth everything. Um, I'd wear other craft SBCs that come out. Those intrigue me way more. Um, so I'll probably get through those. I think it's actually, I like what they did with like the swaps because I'm not in a rush to get these. So I know if you're in a rush, like sucks to have to play the games the way they've made it. But for me, like I'd rather gradually just get them over time. Um, so for me, it's not a bad situation. But yeah, I only, I only I have to get all or I get eight of the nine tokens to do the last two fodder packs. So I'll probably just get one of them and dip. So it's not really my my type of game. Yeah, I think also as well as that, everyone seems to be in a rush to get these done straight away. Yeah. There is there is no need to do them straight away, other than the fact that I think other people's friends always see content creators getting them done early. 
And I think I saw a, a few Prime slash Moments packs been opened today. So people have somehow smashed all these things and fair play to them. But definitely, if you don't want to play them in a week, space them out, really do. I know I'm going to try and get them this week, which you're obviously going against my own advice there. But the, the score battles will be so tedious and so boring. And I know there is meant to be a working glitch to kind of make sure you can put the controller down. I'm not sure how good it is working right now. I know it works in world class. Um, but all it does is require you to go into the opponent's box, face your goal, hold LT, and then I think when the player closes you down, release it. I think there was a video going around on Twitter that explains it a little bit well. But I think last year, Icon Swaps has a good kind of glitch that allowed you to not have to play them all. This year's been very tough. And I don't find many people who do enjoy playing score battles. So for people who aren't combining these, I think it could be a, a long old week for those guys. We are going to touch slightly on the release of the new season two. I know the new season releases are kind of, I wouldn't say they're very hyped because they usually come with something else. Obviously, this season came with release of Icon Swaps 2, but obviously came out on a few days later on the Monday. We also have new level 15 and level 30 players. Level 15 players are Angel Gomez, Fosu, and Oberfemi Martins, I think. Most people probably go for Oberfemi Martins here, but I think also looking at these season players as well as that, they're very behind the power curve. Very, very behind. Also, the level 30 players, you've got Lamela, Jimmy Briand, and uh, Kondreva as well, I think. Definitely, by the time you get these cards, they won't be usable. And I think the, the season goes all the way up until the first week of May, which should be around the first week, or one of the second or third weeks, sorry, of team of the season. So it seems strange. I don't know why they can release a better player, but they always seem okay by the, by the time they release them. But by the time you actually get these cards, they kind of seem a bit meh. We are going to go over now to one of the first debate topics we've got for tonight. The first one we have tonight is going to be over our big creators scared to speak out about EA. I know AA9Skill spoke about this on his podcast recently, and I thought it was a great topic to speak about as well, because I know there's been a lot of rumblings in the community recently. I know a lot of small of creators have kind of spoken out, and I know there have been people that want to get a letter out to EA as well. Just shout out to Scuds there for putting that together. But I think also... There's been a few bigger guys that maybe you wouldn't say are scared, but kind of a bit wary about what they say regarding the topic. Anto, I want to go with you first here. What's your take on the kind of big credit scared to speak out about EA currently? So, I mean, when I look at this and think about this, con like what's going on, I got to put like myself in their perspective. And the way I look at it is if I'm in a, a job in an office somewhere and my boss is in a room down the hall for me, I don't see myself standing on the desk and screaming how bad the boss is, you know, like at the end of the day, they're kind of like our employers, like they're giving us our product that we're streaming. So uh, you have to be thankful to a sense of what's going on. Obviously it's not great. What's going on. We want more, we want better, but um, you know, you don't want to piss off the big man the way I look at it. So um, I know if I was a ginormous content creator, huge streamer, I would be pretty wary of like speaking out. I mean, obviously I would love to, um, I can have the luxury of doing that because, uh, you know, it's just a, we have a smaller community, but um, once you get up to the big levels like that, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know if I could do it. Like I, personally, I would be a little scared too. So I, I get where they're coming from and um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tricky situation. I think definitely hit the nail on the head as well. It's the, it's hard to say what you would do unless you were in that position. I think a lot of people on Twitter say like, ah, oh, why aren't these big guys saying this or that? But also is you've got to put yourself in their shoes as well. This is their full-time job. 
you've got to be careful of what you do and what may kind of hurt you later down the line as well. And I think it can be a risky thing to do as well. Short side, I want to move on to you next here. What's your take on this topic? Yeah, so there's a lot of big streamers who do speak out. You got you guys like Nepenthes, you got Nick28T, AA9Skills on his podcast. And what I noticed, like, for the most part between all of them is they're not affiliated with EA in any way. I think AA9 is slightly still, uh, and he used to be a lot more. But one of the bigger guys who has been on the scene for a while is Maverick from Mav Wolves. He made a video about a nine skills podcast and he, he said, a, made a really good point that like the big creators in other games, you look at call of duty, aren't afraid to speak out. They do all the time. Now they have a bigger base for the most part, like Tim, the tap man and, and those guys for like getting their word out, I guess. And like, they're not afraid too much of maybe call of duty banning them because one call of duty wouldn't ban them for them speaking out where EA like, we don't know if EA would, you know? Um, and also, two, if they can't play Call of Duty, they have hundreds of other games that they can play. For the EA content creators, it's mainly FIFA. And if they don't play FIFA, their audience halves, which can be decimating for a career. So you think that's the main issue then, really, that we're kind of limited to the games we can play? And that's why we got they, the, these big guys got to be careful, whereas the other guys in kind of the more variety streamers can kind of afford to speak out more? Uh, I mean, yes, a little bit. I think the other thing is, like, the variety streamers, there are people who stream exclusively Call of Duty, right? And there's people who variety stream with FIFA in there but fifa is one of those games that you can't really variety stream because you have to just be grinding to keep up if you're not grinding off stream or on stream and it's not like all you're doing you can't keep up with everything you can't make the content that you want to make whereas like in call of duty you can come back for an event and then leave for two three weeks four weeks you know what i mean yeah no definitely i think definitely with fifa as well it kind of it's very addicting i think a lot of guys who play fifa that was a main game they all, they all they do is play FIFA, especially if you're fully ingrained in Ultimate Team. You've got to be on it nearly every day. And I mean, I mean, we don't, we obviously, a lot of us do it as well, being content creators, but it does get to a point where you kind of think like, is this game that addicting? Like, are we, are we hooked to this? Slayer, so what's your take on this kind of topic? I think a couple of great points from both of you guys. Um, you know, one, if, yeah, you have to be in their shoes. It's so easy to like, sit behind a keyboard or whatever and say like why aren't you speaking out about this but then like you don't get a paycheck that is like reflective of like the company you know like a lot of these guys are game changers they get paid by ea um if i'm just to call it like if i'm castro and i'm like hosting an event with um, a guy who just hosted the grammys i believe and and ted lasso aka like jason sudeikis and i'm like getting these opportunities like that's a, you're not gonna necessarily turn around and be like oh yeah yeah like you're doing a terrible job with certain things like you can't really um, get mad at those individuals because they're like, you know, DJ Mario. Like I would almost argue that like those are the big streamers. Like I would say like a DJ Mario and a Cash or those type of people are like really really big compared to like a Nick Twenty Eighty around the foot market. Any of those guys, they they have just such a massive reach. And uh, like on the Call of Duty point, like you could play. There's like six hundred shooters that are competing against each other to be like the main game. FIFA has no competition, no disrespect to Pez at this point, but you know, realistically there's no competition. This is the one game you play. So if you're a, a shooter and you can go play Valorant or call of duty, or you can go jump into these different games, like, yeah, you can speak out because they want you to be on this game. EA is like, where are you going to go? 
what other FIFA game are you going to play if you speak out against us? And they actually have banned people in the past. Kurt is literally banned. He's literally can't play video game. Now, granted, it wasn't because he spoke out against EA. He said things that he shouldn't have said. But other creators have in the past spoke out, and now they've severed ties with them. So they, there's like been a little bit of a pattern that like if you have a, a toxic relationship with this company, you may not get opportunities in the future that other people do get. And so it's difficult to sit there and say these people should complain at the level that we do because it has a totally different impact on their livelihood than it does on any of ours. And that's definitely a, what a lot of people as well don't think about too. They don't think of the effect that you, we just see these big guns say like, hey, if you say this to EA, they'll change the game. How do we know as well that they've not already done that? Again, there's a lot of game changers who, are, who aren't these big creators who kind of maybe don't have the big reach like a Castro, like a Bates, and these like, ultimately a lot bigger guys than the kind of mid-range mid -range people. But who knows what's gone on already? Like who knows that, hey, if they've gone to EA, they've spoken to EA and they've tried changing things, if it's happened or not. I think one thing we always speak about as well is if there was more communication from EA between these game changers. And if we see like a, say, a roundtable forum where these game changers can sit down with EA and have a discussion about certain things within the game, see if anything changes it. But I think the main part stems back to as well is that EA are not very good with their communication. They don't tell us certain things in the game. They don't tell us reasons why things are happening. And then we get so frustrated as a community and as kind of, again, we, we all like the game. We all play the game. We want the game to do well. There's people out there who don't want the game to do well at times and will literally wait on Twitter each day to slate EA for certain things and are happy to do so. But I think for the most part, deep down, most of us love the game. We, we want the game to do well. But definitely it comes down to we get annoyed at EA. And then we say like, well, why Castro? Why aren't you making EA do this, do that? But then also, who else Who else at EA having produce or kind of host their events? Guys like Castro who make, make him, I'm not saying that he's not going to speak up because they make him a lot of money. But the game itself, EA or FIFA, has made him who he is, I think. If Castro was to say on one of these one of these recent Facebook events to say like, oh well, the game isn't that good or this this or that, like, what would happen to him? He he wouldn't be able to do what he does, and, and that's what people don't think about. Again, most people will never be in a position of Castro, will never be able to host these things, will never be in his kind of position of authority and power. Which I get it is tough. I think people will say, well, if if it, maybe if a Castro said this or that, the game would change. But like like Slate also said as well that. Yeah, you're in position as well, saying like, hang on, if you don't like the game, go play Pez, go play it. They literally sat there doing it. And you look at guys like Kurt, who they banned, and they said, right, go go play Pez, Kurt. And he did for like two weeks, and he got loads of views, but after that, he stopped. So EA have got a lot of power. They know what they're doing, but it is very, very tough for people to play another game. Mm -hmm. and, they also have like, people that slate them. And then mm -hmm. like two days later, like we'll be like, look at this company, whatever. And then two days later, we'll load up $100 worth of FIFA points. And yep. they a new promo comes out and they're like, we're a, like, look at that. Like people forget about stuff that EA do. EA have made a lot of mistakes every single year for like the, and I've been playing since FIFA 14. They make mistakes all the time. And we like, time goes on and you kind of forget about it. And then you just kind of, and then something else comes up and you get mad about it like for a week and then time goes on again. Um, and they still make a hell of a lot of money and that's their company. I think Bristow talks about it the best of anybody in our community, they're a company. They're not us. They're not gamers. They have stakeholders. They have a 
They need to make a certain amount of money every year. They need to show that they're growing. That's their biggest interest. And as long as they're doing that, they're succeeding as a company. They're not failing. And that's also the point as well as you, when you speak about them, you've, people say, well, they got to do this, do that, ban FIFA points, limit FIFA points. But you're trying to tell a company, hang on, make less money. Go on, make less money. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be happy. Why, why should they? Why should they? If, if someone can come out with a way to make the game more enjoyable for everyone and for EA to make more money, then would you not think they'd listen to that? The issue is, well, what can they come up with to yeah. make people spend less but for them to make more? Mm-hmm. Just Real quick viable. on the, uh, the face off thing, did you guys see where Trevor Noah said the, uh, the thing about Weekend League? He's like, I don't want to come up against like Hulits and stuff, make a Weekend League with no rewards. And Castro just sat there and like danced around it for like five minutes. It was really, really, really good stuff. I remember, I think you said that I don't want to play a Weekend League with people who don't open packs. And Castro <laughs> said, Well, there are, people, there are people out there like that. And he was like, no, there's not. <laughs> but that's the issue. I mean, even guys like that, Trevor Novsey, I think he probably got a whisper in his ear to kind of keep quiet about that. But it goes to show as well, like, he gets to the point like that. I think the face-off was more of a publicity stunt more than anything. I mean, shout out to the guys who got selected being that. Um, but also it's kind of, I think the, you'll see from these events too. I know we have got a question as well from Butter here as well. So this is for Slayer, especially... EA have given Prime Puskas and Team of the Year to some people if they watch the stream. Do you think this is fair or not? Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I don't think it's like, because you're probably never going to play that individual. They probably give out what? They give 5, 10, whatever it is, icons to 80,000. They had 91,000 people at one point in that event. Um, And I think it shows you, one, that they're really, really desperate to get people to watch their events. I think that's like the main thing is that like, they're like, okay, we will literally give you some of the best in-game rewards possible, potentially, if you just tune into this thing, Um, which I think is like something worth talking about on a separate end, just like how they're trying to drive individuals to these events. But they're it's such a it's like hitting the lottery i mean like the the chance of you getting a puskas from an ea event is probably the same chance that you open in 100 uh, ultimate pack and getting them so it's like it's such a minimal it has such a minimal impact in the game that it's not as big of a deal as like it was when people were actually physically buying icons that's a totally different beast so yeah there's nothing wrong with it they're just trying to promote their own events and and doing it with ways they know they can incentivize us, us which is what we care about how do we get better in the game and also it comes down to the release of the tokens too from watching certain events throughout the year. And again, EA, I think, I believe that if these weren't there, if there wasn't a reward for watching these streams, they would get nowhere near the same amount of things. And it, it, it's crazy what they've got to do, but I think it's the way the kind of pro gameplay is going as well. Anto, what's your take on kind of the, the gameplay and kind of EA giving out free stuff to people for watching? I mean... Like we were talking about earlier, you got to look at it from a business standpoint. And if they're pulling 90,000 to 100,000 viewers, then that tells me it's working. And I know for one, I'm tuning in because I'm trying to get that prime Puskas. So, (laughs) I mean, if you're telling me there's an opportunity to get a card that good just for putting on a stream, I will gladly do it. So, again, just like Slater said, it's not like every single person, 100,000 people are getting prime Puskas. It's like a lottery system. Probably barely anyone's getting it. You're probably not even going to go against these people. I mean, I was fortunate. I think I got a rare players pack or something too. So, I mean, um, I like the idea. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, if they if there wasn't a reward system, I wouldn't be watching it. But um, being a FIFA player and the amount of hours I grind, uh, if I see an opportunity like that to make my team better, whether it be a pack or a player, I mean, I'll tune in. I have nothing against it. So, yeah. And short stack, do you are you happy to watch a an event to get a 
Puskas? Yeah, so I used to watch him a lot more, and I actually, in the past, I've gotten four or five packs from him. I've never gotten a player, unfortunately. Um, but it's no different than most other companies out there that run video games. Uh, I, I play Rocket League a lot, and Rocket League has been doing it for years. Well, give, they will give cosmetic items in games or it, it to, to people who watch uh, as long as they watch, and they get – 120 sometimes 200,000 viewers on their streams Valorant doesn't Fortnite does it uh, CSGO does it the only difference here is and I agree that you'll never come up against these players because it's like 10% of 90,000 not even 10% what is that like 1% nope that's still not good math like 0.01% <laughs> of 90,000 people will get this card right and you put that in the grand spectrum of the millions of people that play FIFA, you'll never come up against them. But the only difference between those games and FIFA is that these cards will make you better in the game. In Rocket League, you get a skin, it doesn't make you hit the ball a different way. You know what I mean? So it's it's a little bit different, but you'll never come up against the players anyway. So it's kind of just like water under the bridge, in my opinion. And that all brings us back to the issue too, is that in other games as well, where you spend money on the game and buy certain things, it's a cosmetic thing, gives you no advantage in the game. FIFA is one of those games or one of the only games that... If you spend money in the game, you're at more, you're at a better advantage than other people. Maybe it doesn't mean you're gonna beat beat another player who's say running an RPG, not spending any money, but it should help give you an advantage, and you should have a better team through spending money. And people have said out come out and said that that's what EA could do to still make more money and kind of make the game less pay to win. But I really don't think people would pay real money if there was an advantage to it. Everyone knows that's why they make so much money. And that's purely the issue. If you say, give out like a, a few kits and whatever for whatnot for spending like 10 bucks in the game, no one's going to do it, really. And that's the issue as well. Like, pay to win is a big, big issue. But I think there's a lot of other issues within the game as well. But it, I think it's never going to change. I think people kid themselves over it. No. I mean, like, like on a very real world example, I work for a company. We like encourage, we have like a group of people that we like want to do social media campaigns. Okay. And we give them a gift if they do it because like incentives make people do things and there's nothing wrong with them doing the same thing it, it, in terms of like, yeah, it creates an actual advantage in the game. You know, that is what it is, but they're just doing what every company does and every scale of every part of their business. How do we incentivize people to go to do something for us? And typically you need to incentivize them with something. And I think definitely it's not, I don't think it's the fact that, oh, they've got to do this or people won't watch it. I think it's like short and as well. Every single company or game does it. So I mean, fair play for EA for doing it as well. I think definitely the amount of guys getting a pushcast is very, very, very small. I'm not sure on the, the exact percentage of that. Um, but a very small amount of people. Also, I want to go over another topic here is the way that, do you agree with the way EA have changed the power curve for this year? And to, I want to start with you first. What's been your opinion on how EA have kind of adjusted the power curve for this year? So the way I look at it is that they're trying to make this game last longer. So they're kind of like watering, like they're watering the cards. For example, you look at team of the year. A lot of people were upset that the cards weren't as powerful as previous years, but I understand what they're trying to do. They want us to play this game for longer. Usually it dies out and you typically see FIFA barely being streamed in a couple months. Um, people switch over to other games and do stuff until the new FIFA comes out. So I understand what they're doing, but at the same time, 
uh, as a FIFA player, I kind of really want the good cards now. And you get tired of waiting. I mean, obviously the good cards are coming. They're going to get better and better over time. But um, yeah, you know, I just wish like maybe they just gave us better cards sooner. I mean, obviously I wish, I wish team of the year was better than it was. Um, but with the strategy that they're using, obviously they're not going to give us those good cards straight away. They want to make us wait over time, play more games. And I mean, that's what they're doing. They're just trying to drag the game out. And um, I mean, if they do that, obviously new promos that come last later, those lightning rounds are going to sell if you drag the game out, whether like, so like I, I always look at last FIFA, last FIFA died out late in the, uh, in the cycle. So those lightning rounds probably aren't going to go as quick, meaning less money for them. So if they drag this game out, and those promos are still really hyped up late in the season, they're going to be making more money. So I always like to look at it from a business perspective. I don't know if that's just because I'm a business major or something, but um, money side, it makes sense to me as a player. It's like, just give me the good cards now. But yeah, that's how I look at it. Did, what did you make of the summer heat promo last year? I know summer heat was probably the best thing he ever done as far as keeping the game going on. What did you make of summer heat last year? Yeah. Summer heat was amazing. I remember Vinicius jr had a summer heat card. I think it was like an upgradable one or something like that. I was so happy I did that. Um, there was like a left back. I think it was like Masuaku or something like that. Amazing cards that they were releasing at the time. Just like super, super juiced up. And um, it was really fun. I had a blast using those cards. And previous FIFAs before that, like you get that late in the, like in the cycle, no one's playing FIFA, but the release of summer heat cards, they're all like 94, 93 and up. It's really fun to use. And it just brought back a lot of enjoyment in the game. So do you think from a player standpoint, it's good for them to, the way they've done it this year, do you think the power curve, I know it's tough for us right now to say, I want these good cards now, but do you think it's better for E to drag it out longer? Well, I'll put it like this. I mean, if they do another summer heat, I'm going to be excited for it because I know I enjoyed FIFA a lot during the summer heat promo. So if they're going to drag it out, at least it gives me something to look forward to uh, late in the season. So, I mean, I don't mind it at all. I'll be honest. I'll be playing FIFA either way. So if you give me good cards, I'll be happy. Yeah, I think definitely like touched on there as well that we like always like to speak about is the business side of things. If EA make Kamani, they're happy. But also I think it's a way for make the players happy too. I think a lot of people in the community right now are really angry that the, like I said, we're going back to comparing last FIFA to this FIFA. Look at the foot birthday cards. We had the Mbappe, the Griezmann, the Hazards. And those cards are a hell of a lot better than the cards we got in this promo. But you cannot compare this year to last year if you go through all the other promos as well. Slater, I want to go to you next. What have you made of the way you have kind of changed up the power curve this year? I think it makes a lot of sense for them from a business standpoint. Once again, we talked about that a lot. Like, how do they prolong the game? Because everyone's goal is to make their team the best possible team. That's the whole point of Ultimate Team. So the longer it takes you to do that, the longer you're on the game. And for me, like, I don't spend money on the game. So, like, for me, it's a positive because pe people's teams are already incredible, in my opinion. Like, I every half the teams I play in Weekend League, I think, are, like, spectacular. And they are, like, diminishing the cards, like, promo after promo. So, it just shows you how some people can get cards so easily in this game. So, for me, as someone who, like, doesn't have access to all these cards, I think it's a it's really beneficial for me or maybe a player that's not spending money because it's allowing us to play against maybe players that don't have these like super overpowered teams compared to what we have so early in the game. So I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I like the way that's going. And shortstop, what have you made of the power curve this year from EA? Yeah. So it's been really, really cool in my opinion, how they've crept, like they've, they have slowly crept the power curve along. Um, you know, we saw, 
different teams throughout the years. We saw people with that Anderson Taliska rule breaker card in, in when it was October, I guess that would be around Halloween. You know, then we see Thorgan Hazard and all of these, like the freeze at Awar and, and all those guys. So it's been bad on the part where you don't get the good players fast, but it's been great for like the, the variety of teams that we've seen, because I don't think I've come up against the same team three weeks in a row. You know what I mean? Now you're going to have foot birthdays coming to teams, you know, in two, three weeks, if there's another promo before team of the season, you're going to see those cards coming to teams. You see uh, what is it? Uh, what ifs in teams, which nobody knew what to expect from that promo. And I still have two in my team. I, I do like what they've done with the power curve this year. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what happens during team of the season, to be fair. I think you bring a good point there as well as the variety team this year have been quite big. I think I know a lot of guys this year also running a very a large majority of the team are untradeable too. But also I think the fact that maybe the going back to like a rule breakers, the freeze promos that the foot birthday cards aren't that much better than the other cards means that those cards are still kind of usable, but also people are going to be annoyed that, Hey, like why are cards out in March? Not that much better than cards out in October. But I think if you get, if we get to say what March, June, July, when these kind of top tier cards eventually do come, you can look back and say like, Oh, fair play EA. they, they managed to push us along very slowly, but we've got there in the end. But it comes down to people not being patient. We're going to touch on the next topic as well about leaks too. But the thing is, people want stuff now. The whole leaks thing is a very large debate right now in the community. People saying, oh, I don't want leaks, blah, blah, blah. But a large, a huge part of the community want leaks. They want to know what's coming out. They want the stuff now. They don't want to wait, which is the same with these players too. They want these top tier cards to come out now. But EA know that the longer you play the game trying to grind to get your team better, the more you'll play. If you have an insane team already, what's the point in you playing? What what do you want to do? How can you improve your team? And once you get to the end game team, they see that your game time, your play time goes down dramatically. So for their, from their standpoint, if they can slow down this curve even more, more people play the game. They want to get the next better player to improve their team. And you'll keep playing and playing and playing. Summer Heat was very good. But also the cards of Summer Heat were were basically they wiped they wiped the team of the season cards out of the water. I think now if they do it correctly, Summer Heat cards will be a little bit better, but we we'll still want to go for them. So who knows what's gonna happen? I think we can only kind of speculate what's gonna happen with EA going into team of the season, maybe with the Euros as well, what's gonna happen as well with that. So we don't know. I think for them, EA want the game to go on the entire year. A lot of people get fed up, especially content creators, because we have no choice. If we're a FIFA content creator, we want to play FIFA for the most part. But we get to that point between kind of FIFAs that you think like, well, what do we do now? If EA can find a way to make sure that game goes from kind of game to game and there isn't a massive break in between, then obviously it's a plus for us as players because we play the game because we we do like it. We may not always say we like it, but we deep down we do like it. So if we play it all year round, it's a positive. And I think it's just tough to look at it now in the bigger picture because everyone wants these cards now, especially with the team of the year cards too. I know it's a bit someone as well. There was no kind of 99 cards. The cards were a lot worse than they were previously, but it's very hard to compare this FIFA to any other FIFA because EA haven't done it the same way they've ever done it before. And we are going to go on to kind of the last debate topic before we go into some listener questions, which is the discussion regarding leaks. I know leaks have been a big part of the community right now. And I think there's a lot of people right now who aren't happy with it. I know there's a lot of people who are happy with it. 
for me, obviously, I know that essentially the whole foot birthday promo has been leaked. And I know they're trying to like surprise us with these players each day. Obviously, with the upcoming ones, we've got Royce, Javinio, Pyatt, Sanchez, and Eric Bailly. If those cards don't come out, then you can come back to this. But it kind of seems strange that these this information is readily available. And why, why are EA trying to sneakily put these cards out when everyone knows what they are? Slater, like, I want to start with you first. What's your take on leaks within the game of FIFA? I'm not a huge fan of leaks, personally, just because I, I do like the element of like coming into the game and 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 being surprised by what's happening. But I also would I'm a, I would be a fool if I said I don't understand the advantage of leaks. If you're a great trader, you have by having predetermined information as to what's going on, you can prepare for what's going to come out, which I think is a massive advantage to, to making a lot of money in the game. Cause most people will not prepare, even though they might know what's coming. Um, and then if like, for me, it helped me today. Like I wish I didn't know the next five SBC players that are coming out, but if I didn't know, I would probably craft uh, that Mangala card when in reality, that buy card fits my team better long-term. And then by waiting four days, I probably have the fodder I need and I'm not pressing to get the card. So I'd be a fool if I said I, it doesn't help. It, there's not an advantage to it because there are. But I do miss the idea that like I would walk into the game every day, especially because I do like a content review thing. I'm not sorry for the plug. I'm just saying like I do a content review and like it's fun when I walk in and I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. Like the Samba Stars, for example, which like that took me by surprise. It, it, it is cool when you see something that you weren't anticipating in the game. And we're getting to the point where like the information is so readily available and also so difficult. You can't avoid leaks anymore. If you're consuming FIFA content, if you're on social media, it's, it, I don't know how you could avoid a leak at this point. Um, and I think that's, that's rough. Like you, you don't really have the option anymore to, to avoid this content. So that's my take on it. It can help. It can hinder. I think definitely with traders, I think, a lot of people, I know there was the, with the Vidal SPC, I know a lot of guys went big on Perisic and Perisic rose up a lot when Vidal came out. I think most people knew it was coming, but it still rose up as well. So I think we all have to say it to some extent that we don't want leaks, we want surprise. But I think if if you ask someone, hey, do you want a leak? Do you want to know what's coming out next week? You're going to say yes. Everyone wants this information, whether they like it or not. And to, I want to go to you next. What are you, What is your opinion on leaks within FIFA? Very similar to what Slater's saying. I personally, I'm not a fan of leaks at all. Like I enjoy being able to wake up, log on to FIFA and be absolutely surprised at what comes out, whether it's good or bad. Um, obviously, yeah, it's great that knowing in a couple of days we get this card, you can prepare for things, but um, that's not the way that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, oh, I did this SBC, but look how much better this card is. Now let me go try to grind this one out rather than waiting a week in advance, preparing for something to come out. I mean, it's it's the way it is now. We're looking at, we're just guessing on what the stats are going to be. We know what the players are. We don't know what the stats are. And that's not the way it should be, in my opinion. I wish that it was back in the old days, how it's you wake up, who knows what's going to come out. And like Slater was saying with his his daily content that he puts on Twitter, I love those videos he does every day. And the problem is, is that like, we know what's coming out now. And it's just like, it takes away from the fun of what he's doing. But I mean, that's a small thing, but it, it resonates everywhere. And it's not just what, what he's doing, but it's with what I'm doing, with what we're all doing. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's all I got to say. It's just a little frustrating. But at the end of the day, people want stuff now. We're all impatient at the end of the day about content, about players and stuff. So I understand why people want the leaks now, but I just like the enjoyment and the surprises every single day. And it, it just takes the fun out of it, in my opinion. One positive for Slayer here that you can probably... Uh probably 
record all of his videos on a Monday and uh, <laughs> schedule the post for the rest of the week and knows what's coming out. I didn't think about that, but that's some that's some efficient content review from right there. <laughs> and also as well, I think it gets to the point as well. I mean, I'm not going to compare logging on to FIFA every day and seeing what's there, like looking under the Christmas tree and opening up a present. But it's like almost telling your mum telling you, hey, by the way, you like five days before Christmas, by the way, this is what you're getting. You're getting Eric by SBC for Christmas. And you just lose the surprise. There. Hey, if, logging on to FIFA is not like Christmas in, in any shape or form, but that's what we like. We log on every day for that surprise. I think if it's not there, then kind of it does draw away from saying like, well, I know what's coming out tomorrow. I know what's coming out Saturday. I know what's coming out Sunday. Like, it is what it is. But I think leaks are inevitable. And deep down inside, we, we like them. But for the most part, we kind of wish that they weren't always there. Short stats, what's your take on leaks? Yeah, so I was going to throw it back to Christmas anyways, but you brought it up, <laughs> so it just works perfectly. Uh, one of the biggest leaks that they've ever had, I know like they've leaked the whole promo and everything. I don't know how much you guys were on FIFA Twitter back in 2018, but Footmas 18, literally the whole promo was leaked. Like the night before – the entire promo was leaked and I was sitting there and I was like, well, I don't like any of these cards. And EA changed the entire promo. So EA has the the power to change the promo. I don't know why they don't. They obviously know the leaks is out, are out there. When they changed the promo, I still said, well, I don't like any of these players, so I'm not going to do them. But it was cool that they were able to do that. Uh, the surprise element is awesome back in footmas 17, you know, all of the SBC players coming out at midnight Eastern time, which was 6am, I think, or 5am UK time. It was just like, Whoa, this is crazy. I didn't know we'd get effect here today. Um, I, I do like the surprise aspect. I try to stay away from them as much as possible. Um, but they are inevitable. And unfortunately that it, it is what it is. It's part of everything. I mean, leaks were happening in F FPL. Uh, a few weeks back with Aston Villa, you know, so it, it's going, it's going to happen. Yeah. I think whether we like or not, I mean, I, I would be happy if EA were to change it. I know there's a lot of people who, who do like these links, but again, it's a surprise of logging on and seeing what comes. I think mainly with Footmas is a big thing as well, because Footmas, you log on every day to see what new SPC is there. For the most part with content, it's not always a new player. And I, I like what Footbirth has done is bringing out a new SPC every single day. And I wouldn't mind if every single promo did that. Did maybe release like eight or nine players, but over the whole promo, they release like five or six more SPCs throughout it. And it'd be a nice little thing. It means that it makes more reason to long on each day to see what that new player is. But again, leaks are what they are. If EA could go and change it, I think they kind of would. But it seems weird that like the whole promo has been spot on and everyone's known it at least. Like right now we know it five, six days in advance which shouldn't be happening. I know they did previously change a few players in another promo, and I know that King Lamp has told me that EA did actually change a few players, I think it was from the What If promo, that were meant to be in it. And because of certain leaks, they went back and changed it. But I think now, because they're announcing certain players and positions and nationalities and clubs, it's hard for them to go back and do so. We are going to move on to the final part here with some listener questions. We're going to go with the first one here from Schwartzy. Question is, out of, outside of content reasons, do you prefer taking guaranteed play SPCs, Podolski, Urza, Zambrero, etc., or pushing your luck with a prime icon pack or icon player pick, and why? And so I want to ask this one to you here first. Do you prefer taking a guaranteed player 
or do you not try your luck with a kind of random pack? Uh, I think this is a good question to ask depending on what has happened previously. So, I mean, obviously I gambled on a mid slash prime icon pack back in a couple months ago, I think. Got prime bollock. If you asked me back then, I'd say, oh yeah, every time I'm going to gamble. Then I had the icon player pick come. I got mid gigs as my best pick. So now if you ask me that today, I'm like, you know what? I'd much rather just go with the guaranteed card. And honestly, it's a much smarter decision. There's plenty of good SBCs coming out like Vidal, Ozil. These are good, good cards. And you don't have to worry about all of your coins and fodder going to waste. So uh, it really also depends on where you stand with your club. If your club is packed with cards and you can afford to gamble, then by all means, you should send it. But I see a lot of people that throw their entire clubs into these icon packs, end up with nothing, and then they're screaming at EA, why would you do this to me and stuff? So you got to be smart. Like, just know what do you have in your club? Can you afford to do this? Um, going either way, though, I, I don't mind. You know, you just got to be smart with it. What was your reaction to uh, to getting gigs in your pack? Did you blame, uh, me? Did you blame me yet? You know, the, the controller almost went through the window. Yeah, I'll put it like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this Prime Slash Moments pack coming soon, hopefully this weekend. And uh, I hope I can turn it around. We'll see. Slater, you, would you rather take a guaranteed player or would you rather push your luck with a random pack? I'm, I've been pretty long-standing on anti-icon pack. It's like, I think part of my brand at this point. But I will say I'm like, as time's going on, I'm starting to maybe consider the other way because I like start to look at like these teams that other content creators have. And they're so full of these incredible icons. And the big thing is their linkability is so valuable. I keep looking at all these cards like a Vidal and I'm like, man, I'd love to get that card, but I can't, I can't figure out any way I could put him into a team right now. And I'm not going to craft them to have them to put in a team in three weeks. If I can start transitioning that way. So like, I think it may be worth it over I, the more and more I think about it. I'm like, man, if I could have not done that, like Ansu Fadi player of the month and someone else got an icon pack and then what would I have in that? And then I keep thinking to myself, like if I didn't craft this other player, maybe I should have had, if I didn't craft Joe Felix, could I have done an icon pack? And would that icon still be in my team right now, giving me the links that I need. So I'm having like a change of heart over time. And I'm thinking to myself, they're worth it. If you, if you rip like six, seven, eight of them, but you get like two really good ones. I'm talking about like the course of like where we're at. You could do <laughs> eight icon packs. I'm not saying like in a minute. I'm saying you, every one of us could have done a handful of icon packs by now, right? I'm sure a lot probably. Which is it worth it to have like three studs, and then those are your guys all year long? I don't know. How many have you done in total? I've done two. And what have you got from those two? Drogba and Rush. Horrible. Do you I know you? Horrible. I know you use Drogba, Drogba quite a bit, haven't you? But. Drago was good for like oh, three weeks. <laughs> and then Rush, I put an SPC the next day. So you didn't right. do, did you do the icon player pick or not? No, I couldn't even get near the fodder for that. What'd you get in that? We we ended up getting mid Roberto Carlos. But That's a great it was a, it was a best of a bad bunch. But I think from my standpoint, I definitely think I'd rather go for a guaranteed play. I've recently gone with the, the Moments Balak card. I've gone with the Moments Zambrotta card. And I could have easily done... A, a prime icon pack instead of a Zambra. But for me, I just prefer having that that guaranteed play. I think also that goes to icon swaps as well. I preferred swaps last year because I could get the likes like a Moments for T through a lot of tokens. I think I got like a, a Prime Zanetti in the first lot last year. I prefer having that guaranteed player and not gambling because I've never gambled and got a good icon. 
So again, it's one of them. It could change if you if you get lucky and you get like a mid Eusebio, a Croy for these big guys, then you're gonna say it's worth it. But I think you can only go back to it after you open it. You, you don't. Everyone always says like, "Hey, is it worth me selling this player, that player to do an icon pack?" And you you can't give them an answer until they get the pack and open it. Because if you say, "Yeah, it's worth it," go on. They get like a a mid and zaggy, and they go, "Hey, you told me it's worth it." Like. It's so random, and the chances of getting these big players are so small, which is the main thing. Short stack, would you rather take a guaranteed player, or would you rather push luck with an icon pack? Yeah, so I think there's two parts to this. Earlier in the year, I would absolutely take the guaranteed player. I took Ansu Fati the last day he was out, and he is a club legend for me, and I love him. Um, once December hit, I started doing party bags and stuff. And to be fair, my, my Garen, not my, uh, my pack luck, as far as like those party bags and icon packs go, have been a relative dub. I've done about six icon packs, I think. And I've gotten, like, I did pack a mid and Zoggy. Thanks for bringing that up. I did pack a rush and I actually discarded that mid and Zoggy. Thank you very much. Um, I, I packed a mid in Zaki. I packed a rush, but then I did the icon player pick and I got mid Pele. You know, I, I tested my luck with the party bag in December and I got road to the final Veron. I again tested my luck with the party bag in, in uh, February when future stars was out and I got future stars Kamavinga. So like at this point, I would rather go for the pack because None of the guaranteed players upgrade my team, except for now if they do come out with that Renato Sanchez and into team of the season, you know, we're all going to be doing team of the season packs anyways. You know, maybe I won't do it then. Maybe I'll then go for if they come out with a team of the season, Mares SBC. I, I love him. He may he may go into the club. Um, so it just depends on the time of the year for me. Right now, I, I strongly prefer the, the icon packs or the, the party bags. Earlier in the year, I prefer the players, and later in the year, I'll do both. It also helps having the luck of you as well, <laughs> which is going to make yourself seem a bit more positive towards it all. I think definitely throughout TOTS, we're going to have the, the guaranteed TOTS player from each league. I know the last two years they've done that, so every single, every single TOTS will be a, a guaranteed Premier League, TOTS player, guaranteed La Liga, Bundesliga, etc., etc. So I think icons will be handy when we go into TOTS and have these random players in. But also, I think now, beforehand, there maybe wasn't these moments SPCs readily available to kind of, if you, you can choose whether you want to put your fodder into an icon pack or a player. I think now, at least there's players that do that, which beforehand, there wasn't that great of players, at least like a Zambora or a Balak and Makaleli. These are somewhat endgame cards, at least throughout TOTS. So you don't feel bad doing them. But obviously, with the these icon picks, they're random. And you can get something great or you could get in uh, a gigs or a rush to absolute Welsh legend. So you, you pick and choose. we got another great question here from Jose and chill. He said, how do you think EA can prevent two week promos from feeling dead after the initial fun of the weekend release? Is it, is this even a real issue? Slater, I want to go to you first here. How do you think EA can prevent the, the kind of feeling of dead after the initial fun of the first weekend? I personally don't mind the the two week promo thing, um, especially so like in the, I think the what if team that was like a bad example. The second team was so underwhelming compared to the first team, and although there were some great cards in it, it just it it didn't resonate the same way the first team did. But if they drop a 
foot birthday team two that has like you know an equal level of of player talent or or maybe one super stud like a Neymar or something like that. It depends on what they release the team too, but I actually enjoy the the idea that like I have two weeks to try and get these guys. Um, and if, and if I can get one, then great. Cause sometimes you miss on the first round. I know, for example, stacked and Schwartzy, for example, have pushed so heavy for this first round. And if it just ended in by Thursday, they missed the promo, but they have a whole nother opportunity. So I'm, I personally don't think it's an issue. I like the two team release. Do you, what do you think he could do as well though, during a promo to make it kind of seem not dead after the first weekend? I mean, they have to create engaging content. I mean, right now they're creating really engaging content. They have player picks out 81 pluses, 81 to 87s. They have um, SBCs happening every day that you can put the fodder into. They have they have content that is engaging. If they drop the second team and they have no dailies, they don't release any upgrades, they don't really, then yeah, they, they need to continually create content the whole week that allows people to continually try and pack these players. But if you, if you give them like, a full team on Friday, they have like two cool SBCs, but they're not like repeatable, like an 86 double upgrade. And there's no grindable content for upgradable opportunities to get these cards the whole week. Then yeah, the promo dies. But if they sustain that by giving everybody an opportunity, then then it's easy. So it's, it's on them to make sure that they give everybody a chance to get these cards the whole time they're available. Anto, what do you make on the whole two week promo? Do you, do you think after the first weekend, they kind of die down a bit? What do you, what's your take on that? Um, honestly, I, I feel the same way as Slater. I love it. I think what they're doing is great. It's not really dying at all to me. I think one reason why people might think it is dying is that we already know what's coming out. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate, obviously, but if we had that surprise factor, I think it would be a lot more hyped up because just we wouldn't know what's to come. Um, I think daily SBCs are great, really valued. They're giving us good packs. Uh, the cards coming out are great, decently priced as well. We're getting objectives. The only other thing we can really ask for is maybe like a new set of icon SBCs. Um, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't really be uh, anything to do with foot birthday, but it would be content for us, and it would be something to grind towards. They're giving us player picks. They're doing pretty much anything possible to make this a good promo, and I don't really think it's dying out. Um, you know, we get a new team Friday also, so I, I like what they're doing personally, and that's just my opinion. I definitely think the player SPCs every day help a promo as well. I think sometimes I think I get Hose's point here is that when you see that first release of the team, I think a good part of it also is that people push really hard to pack one of those players in the first couple of days. They waste all their fodder, all their coins. And then when it gets to the second team, they're like, I haven't, I've, got, I've got nothing left to, to kind of go through here. And that's the issue. But also the fact that they've released players every single day Helps as well. I like additional player SPCs. I wish there was more content throughout the whole year of FIFA. But I think when it is when a certain promo is happening, if they can release a player SPC, maybe every day or every other day, that's great. At least make the most of a promo whilst it's there and make it exciting and make it pop. And then I don't mind a week with that promo, but at least when it is a promo, make sure you put enough content in there as possible. Short set, I know you're one of those people who have... Uh, May have spent a lot early on to pack a foot birthday, but what's your take on two week promos? And you think they die down after the first weekend? I I think the track record shows that they do die down after the first week. You know, they come out hot with uh, with freeze, and then the second week is a little bit slower. They don't bring they they take away the eighty one plus double upgrades, or they take away the eighty uh, the the player picks and everything like that, which they did 
um, what was it during what if they took away the player picks and didn't have any upgrade packs during it? I think there was and also then, a thing during team of the year. I believe there was like the last day of team of the year. There wasn't any upgrades. Yeah, exactly. The last the last day of team of the year. Uh, these player picks currently run out on Saturday, I think. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they come out with Sunday on uh, from Sunday on for next week. If they do come out with the 81 double upgrades or if they just leave it. And like you said, come out with the 86 guaranteed pack. Um I don't mind the two-week promos. It's a lot better from the days of FIFA 17 when we would have a one-week promo with 23 players. Granted, you would pack a lot of these players. You wouldn't pack the high-end ones. You, you know, I think there was that one team of the group stage from the Serie A back in FIFA 17, the blue cards, that everybody packed 18 times, but nobody packed the Ronaldos and stuff like that. Um but you'd have a one week promo and then you'd have three weeks off just like we just had. And everybody was dying for a while, basically. Um, now you have a two week promo and two weeks off or one week off, or, you know, we, we build up towards team of the year, team of the season, something like that. It's, it's, it's a thing that I've really, really liked in, in recent years with, uh, with EA and what they've changed. Yeah. I think it also helps with them. They, they need the additional stuff there. I don't think they can release a promo and not have upgrades there as well. And I think this year, more than any year, people love player picks. People love the, the 81 double upgrades. Maybe not the 83 upgrade as much because I know from my own experience they've been pretty shocking with what they pay out with. But at least I know a lot of people love the player picks. And maybe you don't always get good stuff than player picks, but I think because EA kind of give you the choice, the power's in your hand of who you picked, and that's why people like it so much. But definitely, I think EA need the additional stuff there. The player species, maybe not every day, but at least consistently throughout promo helps. But the fact that we don't, we want to know, we want surprise there when we log on. Otherwise, there's no point of these random SFCs throughout the week because we know what they are. There's no kind of suspense or no reason to log on and be like, oh, wonder what today's SFC is because we know already. So I don't know if that would change, but I think fair play. I don't think ever, anyone expected the kind of foot birthday thing to be a almost, almost a footless promo. But with a with a promo team as well, which I think is great. Obviously, they're not they're going to do it every every other promo, but fair play for EA to, for doing this, which I don't think they get enough props for. We are going to round it up there. We're going to go through where you can find each of our guests. Anto, where can people find you? So uh, that boy Anto on Twitch, that boy Anto on Twitter, as well as TikTok. Uh, if you guys want to find me there, I stream Thursdays through Sundays around ten o'clock PM Central Standard. Um, usually on my channel, just find a lot of foot champs, a lot of competitive action. I don't spend too much time on the menus, but, uh, yeah, if you guys want to watch some gameplay, come check me out. And Slater, where can people find you? Um, it's Slater AC on Twitch, but underscore afterwards. So Slater AC underscore, sadly, I can't get the actual name on Twitter and TikTok. I am on TikTok. I'm, I'm trying my best. Um, and I stream usually six to seven days a week. Um, Monday through Friday is uh, 6 p.m. Central Time, midnight UK, and the weekends kind of just whenever the heck I can. So, and short said, where can people find you? Yeah, so short stacked on YouTube with a space in between, uh, short underscore stacked on Twitter, and then short stacked all one word on Twitch. A uh, little confusing there saying it out loud, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and then I stream six to seven days a week also. Uh, pretty late nights though. Uh, so, you know. I know, I know Anto goes later than I do, but uh, I can be your, your holdover until Anto starts. <laughs> right, perfect. Thank you very much, guys.
if you've made it this far thank you very much for listening also if you've enjoyed this pod make sure to check out our other ones and follow us on twitter at for foot sake pod for all things fifa related and updates on future podcasts new episodes released weekly every wednesday so make sure you follow us on your preferred listening platform to be notified when we release our new episodes <laughs>